Good morning. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Tea Time with Tommy, where we take a few minutes, share a cup of tea together, and we are hopefully able to gain some encouragement as we look at different scriptures and devotional thoughts. Today's podcast is brought to you by Sweet Spot Butterscotch Black Tea by Plum Deluxe. Take a tea moment and enjoy a sweet treat, and look no further than our Sweet Spot Butterscotch Black Tea Blend. With hints of chocolate and vanilla, it's a warming dessert tea without being over the top. Think butterscotch blondie tea with no sugar. We love it with a splash of milk or cream. And if you're feeling it, a cookie or shortbread on the side. So sit back with your cup of tea and let's relax together for a few minutes as we see where this week's podcast will take us. Good morning. A warm teacup welcome to all those who are joined in with us today. I trust that if you're still tuning in with us each week, you're having as much spiritual growth as I am while we learn more of the names of God and the defining characteristics of those names. Learning more about who God is, not just to us as individuals, but to all of His creation. God is living, Elohim Chaim. God is King, Eli Melaki. God is faithful, El Emunah. He is the God of my life, El Hayai. And today we draw strength and encouragement from Elohim Kadashem, the Holy God. I hope that you've got a warm cup of tea or whatever your preference might be, that you're relaxed. You can enjoy these few minutes since we're able to walk this path and grow closer to Elohim Kadashem, Holy God. In biblical context, Kedashem means to be set apart, the separated one, the consecrated one. The word is so packed with that special meaning that its literal translation for us is as being holy. One well-known theologian writes that divine holiness is one of the most important ideas that a Christian can ever grapple with. It is basic to our whole understanding of God and of Christianity. Just a little uh, literature lesson, a Hebrew literature lesson thrown in. In ancient writings, a device that was to use to designate emphasis is in fact literally to mention something three times in succession and that will elevate it to its superlative degree. Now in scripture only once is an attribute of God elevated to this third degree. Not once does our Bible tell us that God is love, love, love. It never says that God is mercy, mercy, mercy or wrath, 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 or even justice, justice, justice. But it does, however, state to us that he is holy, 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 and that the whole earth is full of his glory. In this passage in Isaiah 6, when Isaiah sees the glimpse, if you will, of the Lord on high, he is high and lifted up, and the seraphim cry out those words about God. So therefore we see that holiness is essential in and to the character of God. It's more than just one attribute among many, 
But it is, in many ways, the definition to who God is. When the word holy is applied to God, it does not signify a single attribute. God is called holy in that general sense. The word holy is calling attention to all that God is. It reminds us that His love is holy love, that His justice is holy justice, His mercy is holy mercy, His knowledge is holy knowledge, and His Spirit is holy spirit. I want you to look with me today in the book of Joshua. In Joshua chapter 24, we're going to see one of the instances of when the name Elohim Kadashem is used in Scripture. I want us to look uh, at the beginning of chapter 24, again Joshua chapter 24, and I want to set the scene. I want to get just a little tidbit of the background uh, before we go further into the chapter. So if you've got your Bibles in Joshua chapter 24, I'm going to begin re reading in verse 1 and then I'll stop in the middle of verse 2 to begin with. And notice uh, in, in my Bible, in, uh, it might have a, a title in your Bible of over this chapter, uh, but my Bible it states that it is the covenant at Shechem. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. Okay, the scene is set because God is speaking through Joshua. Or, or really better, Joshua is telling, reminding the people of what Yahweh has said. In these next few verses, he's reminding the Israelites who have now crossed into the promised land of all that Yahweh has already done for them. He's reminding them of his faithfulness. He is El Emuna, after all, as we know very well. But verse 14 is where I want us to look now. We're going to skip now. So, so those verses in between is Joshua focusing and sharing uh, the remembrances of what Yahweh has said. But now we hear the voice of Joshua speaking in certainly a very familiar passage uh, to us today. Again, in chapter 24, beginning now in verse 14, Joshua states, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." Continuing on in verse 16. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. 
Verse 19, But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. Elohim, Kadashim. He is a jealous God, we'll talk about later. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do harm and consume you after he has done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. And so Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, he said, Put away the foreign gods which are among you, and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and his voice we will obey. And so Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. Joshua delivered this final charge to the people of Israel. And again, as I stated, they were newly entered into the promised land and he reminded them of what the Lord had done. But perhaps more importantly, certainly in this passage of Scripture, in the context that we're looking, he reminded them of what their ancestors had done. He stated more than once that they had served other gods. Now God had been faithful to his people for hundreds of years. He had fulfilled promise after promise and given them deliverance after deliverance. And Joshua then makes certain that the people know that his house will be one that will serve the Lord. As I was studying through this, I've probably come up with about four sermons already. And so I'm going to try my best to take out of those four sermon outlines that I've been scribbling down uh, to bring encouragement to us as we look to that verse where we saw Elohim Kadashim. Now, as you read this passage with me, it could be confusing to us. I mean, why would Joshua call the people to serve Yahweh only to seemingly discourage them when they were then pledging that they would serve? I mean, again, they stated, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord. Well, I think it's evident that Joshua wasn't sure that they were understanding exactly what it was they were committing to. They were committing to God's holiness. They had received, they had been blessed by His kindness, by His power for generations. But again, in verse 14, yet they still served other gods. Joshua believed that if they understood God, they would realize how he was completely holy and that all other gods were false gods. So why was it that they still carried those idols with them? Why did they still serve the gods that their fathers had served? Israel's problem, and perhaps sometimes it might be our problem, we haven't fully grasped who God is. We haven't grasped his character Holy God, Elohim Kadashim, that is who we claim to serve. Joshua was delivering to the people a call to a certain kind of commitment. But it was a commitment that could not, should not, cannot be taken lightly because it was a call to commit to the God who should not and who cannot be taken lightly because he is Elohim, Kadashem, Holy God. 
I believe that Joshua's charge can help us today to understand what our commitment to Elohim Kadashem looks like. God is holy. God is separate from everything and everyone. God is unique. God is pure. There's no measure of uncleanness in him, and there's nothing that can make him greater than he already is. It is for this reason that the holy angels sing before the Lord day and night, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Revelation chapter 4. That superlative degree that we mentioned earlier, holy, holy, holy. It is a part of who God is, and it's why he's commanded his people Israel to be holy, as he did in Leviticus chapter 19. But in this case, don't think that this command doesn't apply to the church of today. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 14. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am am holy. Israel was chosen to be a holy nation among the other nations. Oh, my friends, we too are meant to be holy among the unholy. Being holy doesn't involve a list of do's and don'ts, but it is the intention of our hearts of how we live our lives. When we find our joy in life through God's Word, when we know that we've strived to attain an identifiable measure of His holiness, when we love someone, joy's felt when you hear their voice or you see their face or just being in their presence. Oh, let me remind you, that is the joy of knowing God. One can easily acknowledge the existence of God in their mind, they can believe in the Bible and through His Word. And they can even follow His commandments. And they can do all of these things without really loving God. We know that we love God when that reading of His Word, that memorization is such joy. When our prayers seem to encourage us and make us complete. And when our fear subsides to our need to share Jesus with others. Our joy is made complete in God. Holiness is one of the few ways that we can desire to strive to be like Christ. It builds a powerful connection between the created and our Creator. Certainly, we're never going to have the knowledge on this side of glory our power we possess in and through Him alone. And we certainly can't understand what it is to have no beginning or no end. But we can strive to become holier, to be drawn closer for Elohim Kadashem, our holy God. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast. Elohim Kedeshem, the holy God. He is set apart, separated, and consecrated. Our God is holy. 
Today we read how Joshua reminded the Israelites of how their ancestors served other gods and warned them of their tendency to desire to do the same. We must heed the same warning that the reason we are tempted to serve someone or something other than God is that we fail to grasp his full character and his holiness. John Piper once said, if you don't see the greatness of God, then all things that money can buy become very exciting. If you can't see the sun, you'll be impressed with the streetlight. If you've never felt thunder and lightning, you'll be impressed with fireworks. And if you turn your back on the greatness and majesty of God, you'll fall in love with a world of shadows and short-lived promises. I challenge each of us friends to not turn our back on our holy God, but to instead seek to become more like him, to be set apart, to be holy among the unholy. Elohim Kedoshem, what a beautiful name it is. We look forward to spending time with you next week, but until then, may your cup overflow with his blessings.